nice to be finally here with you. We tried, but, uh, well, sometimes things get in the way, but um, as someone once said, never, never give up. It's really good to be back with you guys and to be able to um, look into the Word this morning and then hopefully, Lord willing, give a little update on what God has been doing over in Papua New Guinea. But before we begin, maybe we could bow in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your love towards us. And Father, we thank you that death was arrested. And we thank you, Father, that our life began because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for his death, burial, and resurrection. Father, the gospel message. And Father, I do pray today for those who go out on the streets here. We pray that you would prepare our hearts. And Father, that the seed as it is planted, Father, would grow. And um, Father, we, we see a great harvest of souls here in the Halifax, Dartmouth areas, and Father, throughout this province. I thank you, Father, that we can be ambassadors for you. I just pray, Father, this morning, as we look into your word, we would be stirred and that we'd be ready to share the message of salvation when opportunities arise. And we just pray for those opportunities that they will come and that we'll see them and take advantage of them. Father, I ask you to bless each one that's come this morning, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So it was a little while ago, I was thinking about what I would share, and um, I was thinking about sharing about the word wisdom, about wisdom. I don't know if you think of yourself as a wise person, but uh, I think that some of you are wise because of the verse I actually landed at and um, what I'm going to share this morning. But as I began to think about wisdom, I... Um, I began to look at the man who's considered wise. See if I can uh, get myself situated here with this thing. I don't use these too much in Papua New Guinea, believe it or not. Um, but I looked at the man who's considered wise, and that's King Solomon, and uh, found myself looking in the book of Proverbs. And many years ago, I felt um, that I should memorize Proverbs chapter 7. And so I just looked through that chapter and that's a story basically about a young man void of understanding passing through the streets near her corner her being a whore and uh, went the way towards her house in the twilight and the evening and black and dark night and there this woman meets her and she's got a whole con story and she's going to take him home with him and uh, she says the good man's not at home he's taking a bag of money with him and he'll come home at the day appointed and the Bible says, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. And uh, with the flattering of her lips, she forced him. And he goeth straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of his stocks, knowing not that it is for his life. And Solomon finishes that chapter out by saying, um, her house is a way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. As we think about all the struggles around happening now through internet and pornography, it's just exciting to see um, the ways that God is using Zoom uh, in these days. And I've never really put too much thought about connecting that to the next chapter, but the next chapter goes right into this woman who is personified called Wisdom. And it says, um, Doesn't wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? She stands in the top high places by the way in the places of the paths. So she stands by the gates, and she stands in these places where the other woman doesn't stand. The other woman lurks around at night trying to trick men and to deceive them and to make them fall and to destroy their lives. 
But here's this other woman called Wisdom, and she says, Receive my instruction. Um, verse 11 says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to compare to it. You get down to verse 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before the works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. And then over in verse 32, it says, Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways, hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. So, okay, so we have these things, refuse not wisdom, take wisdom. So what's the wisdom that I want to share this morning? Well, I kept on reading, and I got to Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30. And maybe a familiar verse to many of you. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. And I have a little note down here, and it says, well, this is not really talking about salvation and stuff like that. But as I went through this chapter again, I thought, well, I really think that way back then, it's the same thing as what you guys are doing on a Friday night. Because back in verse 4, it says, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. And then the whole chapter talks about righteousness and pointing somebody to righteousness. We get down to verse 18. It says, The wicked work of the deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward, as righteousness tendeth to life. So I want to bring four points this morning. Just um, quickly, I want to talk about four points. And the first one is, um, well, before I go to the first point, the importance of winning souls is indicated by the Lord Jesus Christ himself um, when he would show the worth of one soul, that he would die for one soul. And Mark 8 says, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? And so the Savior indicated that the one soul is worth more than all the world. And uh, again, it's exciting to hear that you guys go out and we pray for you guys that God will work. And uh, because many people uh, come from many different backgrounds around us, but boy, is there ever a need. And so the four points I want to share this morning about the importance of winning soul, souls is this. Number one is in view of the fact that hell is a real place. Hell is a, really, a, a real place. And um, I think there's something like 170 verses in the New Testament about hell and probably 70 of them, at least the Lord Jesus uses them himself. And in Luke 16, 19 through 31, we read the story about the rich man Lazarus. You know the story. Lazarus goes to be with Abraham in paradise, and the rich man has gone to hell. And you know, there was once, there is, there's something that the rich man really, really wants. And you know, it's not, I don't think so much the drop of water, it's that somebody, he says to Abraham, he says, please, 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 can you just send somebody to tell my brothers, don't come to this place? And that's the message we want to tell, right? We want to tell them this is an awful place. This is, if there's any reason to go win, winning souls, it's that this place is not a good place to go to, and that hell is a place of torment. And Revelation chapter 20 tells us that whosoever's name is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. And I know that I'm not telling you anything new here this morning. Secondly, second point, if, which you are, I know that you're visiting around, visiting different people. Some of you work in different places. Um, you see different people in 
in different avenues of life and different in your jobs, uh, in different culture situations or whatever it might be. But if there's ever been a time where depression is up, suicide rates are up, where people feel like the home has failed, where they feel government has failed, uh, where the jails are full, where people are discouraged, it's now. And uh, boy, it's just like, um, yeah, well, I don't like this thing, the pandemic. I can't go see my daughter in Windsor. And I held my little granddaughter when I left at, uh, she was just a baby. I, I held her for a couple of different days and then I went to Papua New Guinea and she's gonna be four this year. And I'd really like to get to see her. But I'm just amazed how God has used different ways. And every time I talk to somebody, they go, yeah, we've got a new thing happening, you know, that we can reach people through the situation they're in. Often it has to do with Zoom. Matter of fact, I'm doing a, a Lebanese Bible study on Saturday nights with Lebanese women. And uh, you can pray for that. They're from the uh, Orthodox churches. They've come out of that. And they want to study the Word. And so we have the opportunity to teach them. But there are people who are, who are really sad. Um, a friend of ours from our assembly over in um, the other side of Dartmouth um, was over in Los Angeles with his family. And uh, this is early on in the pandemic. And there's two buses lined up at the Los Angeles airport there and they have to go somewhere. And the second bus is packed full of people, almost like something like you see in Papua New Guinea or some third world place where everybody just crams into the bus. And the front one is empty, nobody's on it. And so he's a big guy. He walks up to the bus, and, uh, and this lady is the driver, and she's white-knuckling the steering wheel. And he finally looks in, and he finds out what? He finds out that this woman basically believes that everybody walking onto this bus has got COVID. And she is scared to death. And so he gets her calmed down, and he's one of the ones who gets on the bus with her. I suppose that might be a bit of a risk in itself, but uh, somebody's that, that scared. But... Jesus said in Matthew 11:28, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way that people will receive peace and find quietness in their own life and enjoyment that you and I enjoy from day to day. My third point is this, and probably the greatest reason for being a soul winner and telling others about Christ um, is this. The sufferings of Jesus Christ. I think the sufferings of Jesus Christ, according to the word, prove the worth of a soul. That the Lord Jesus Christ suffered and bled and died. We talked a bit about this morning. We think about Roman soldiers taking the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of creation, and beating his back. And there he dies on a cross to pay the price for the sin of the world. The death of Christ proves the value of a soul. And Luke 9.10 says, uh, sorry, 19.10 says, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. And 1 Peter 2.21, Peter tells us that Christ left us an example that we should follow his steps. And that's what we see. We see the Lord Jesus Christ day after day. He is busy with people. He's busy meeting the needs of people who are, who are struggling and uh, reach out to them with the good news of salvation, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. First Timothy 1.15 says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's what he came to do. And the last reason um, is the view of the fact that heaven is a real place, the glories of heaven. 
If you are saved here this morning, you've been born again and brought into the family of God, you have peace and you have joy in your life. You have a permanent position. And your condition may change from day to day, but your position is permanent in Jesus Christ. It's secure. It's eternally secure. And you have the Holy Spirit live within you. You've seen maybe prayer answered in different ways. The world knows none of that. It's amazing people who even sit in a church like we're doing here this morning in a building and listening to a preacher. I was listening to somebody recently at a funeral. And it's very different when somebody doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. But when they do, it just uh, changes their lives and they realize who holds tomorrow. I've been amazed. Lois, um, I have a little trouble. I've got uh, this thing. I don't know what it's called. Tarsal tunnel, I guess, maybe in my ankles. But um, So I don't walk as much. But uh, hopefully I'm going to get some answers this week. But um, we do walk through the park in Shuby. And I noticed that in from summer into the fall, that every day that I walked there, I either saw what I thought was a North Korea, a South Korean family, sorry, a South Korean family, or a family that came from Hong Kong or that area. And I was just really impressed with how many were coming here and how much our little Halifax, Dartmouth area is changing, culturally speaking, and different people coming from different places. And what I love about it, I always find it a bit, I don't know about you, but I always find it a bit hard to talk to somebody about the Lord. I, you know, I find that, where am I going to start? But when I go to Papua New Guinea, it's just plum plain easy. It's just, um, you know, it, you walk around a corner and you say, good morning, everybody goes, good morning. You know, they're waving their hands here as if you're some special guest in their town or whatever. And, and you've got people who say things like, I think I've shared before, like a friend of mine who's standing up in the market line and and uh, the guy in front of him says, where are you from? He says, oh, I'm from Canada. And he says, oh, he says, are you a missionary? And he goes, yes, I am. He said, well, would you like to witness to me? <laughs> like, I don't know if that happens every day, but it's just really easy to talk to people about the Lord. And in, when you go to the town where I live in Groka, you can go in town and, brother, there's, there's preachers in every corner. There's a seven-day Adventist in one corner. There's other people, and you hear them preaching, and sometimes a seven-day Adventist will say, hey, you missionary over there, what do you believe about this? And uh, you have a chance to kind of straighten the theology some. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of opportunities, and it's, it's happening everywhere. Like in Papua New Guinea, it's, it's all over the place. And actually, before I went to Papua New Guinea, it's a little bit embarrassing, but if you looked at Patrick Johnson's book, anybody know Patrick Johnson's book? It um, talks about the different religions and, uh, yeah, throughout the world. And anyway, who's, who's sort of evangelical? He's fairly, um, I would say, liberal in his thinking. But anyway, um, Canada, at the time, before I went to Papua New Guinea, in the late 90s, had approximately 7% was considered evangelical. Well, when I went to Papua New Guinea, 21% is considered evangelical in Papua New Guinea. But, of course, there are many people there that, in, like in the tribe where I am, where people are considered religious. But I know I can tell a lot of stories here today, but there's a lot of opportunities around us. And sometimes you say, well, I'm just a really shy per person. And I was talking to a brother the other day. He said, look, I was, I was in, my, in this house, and I wanted to talk to them about the Lord, and I was doing my work, and uh, he's in the construction, and uh, he says, I just couldn't get it out. And I said, well, just talk about something that he likes to talk about that you would like to talk about. You know, just get talking about something. I've been amazed. It's, um, 
my, my kids said to me the other day, they said, uh, I was in New Brunswick with one of my daughters, and they said, hey, Dad, come on, it's pizza night. Let's, uh, let's watch a movie, sit down and watch a movie. I said, okay, we were all isolating together, and uh, we got up there and isolated for two weeks, then they shut the border here, and then we isolate another two weeks. We're on about 10 weeks now of isolation and less of the year, so we're getting good at it. The honeymoon's getting better, right, sweetie? <laughs> but we're watching this movie. You can tell me if you think it's Christian or not, but it was called Soul. Anybody here watch Soul? Nobody's watched Soul yet? Oh, great. Don't bother watching it. You're wasting your time. <laughs> anyway, there's this guy. I'm not going to talk a lot about it. It's, uh, it's really got some wacky thinking, but there's at least four movies that are Pixar movies that I found out that all have to do with after death and what's going to happen in the great beyond. And so this guy's name is Joe, and he's, uh, he's into jazz and stuff like that. And um, I always used to think jazz was pretty cool. So anyway, I was sitting there and listening to this little movie, and uh, Joe's kind of this guy who's walking around, life's going nowhere, and he just kind of doesn't have anything. But he's a really good piano player. And finally he gets this lady calls him up and says, hey, I want to try you for my new gig. And, and wow, he's just so excited because she's popular, and uh, she's a great singer. This is one of those animated movies. So anyway, he, um, he goes in, he's all excited, a bit nervous, and he plays, and she's uh, you know, really happy with the way he plays, and she says, well, you got the gig. And he walks out, and I was thinking of when you wa we were singing that song, When Death Was Arrested and My Life Began. Well, Joe walks out onto the street, and he's yelling across the street. He said, life has just begun for me. I got the gig. I got it. And so he's walking across, and as he's walking across the street, he falls through a manhole, and he dies. And... Uh, and then he's gone up to where the great beyond, and he's up in the, up in the sky somewhere, and there's this, there's this little conveyor belt, and all these little, I guess they all become miniature for some reason. This is the way the world perceives things, but they're all in miniature form, and they're all going up, and there's this little something zapping them up, like in this light, and they get zapped. And so Joe's going up this conveyor belt now, and he's still got his glasses on for some reason, but he's, he's in his spirit form, and he's going up, and all of a sudden he goes, this can't happen. My life just began. And so he starts running in the opposite direction. Everybody goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he says, my life just began. i got to go back. And so finally he gets to this place with these, these tall sort of spirit beings that are in managing, I guess, quote, unquote, some place on top of the clouds and uh, some heaven sort of place. And uh, so anyway, he gets talking to them. He says, things have, something went wrong. He says, my life just began. I've got to get back. They go, you can't go back. You're, you're finished, you know. You, that's done. No, 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 no. He says, my life's got to go back there again. So when he comes to this hole in the sky, and, and there's a bunch of all little spirits, and I guess some of them had the privilege to go back for some reason, and some of them are jumping out. So Joe says, I'm going to jump. I can see the earth down there. So he jumps out, and something zaps him, brings him back again. And Anyway, story goes, and finally he gets back to earth. Uh, I guess they let him go back, and he gets, he becomes, he jumps he doesn't get into his own body. He gets into the body of a cat. But anyway, so I don't know if reincarnation's evolved or not. But all of this to say that we all sit down and watch a movie, and, and people are watching them. I'm amazed none of you have watched these. But anyway, um, there are different ways that you can talk to people. And um, I sat on a plane the other day, and there was a lady sitting beside me. And, um, and I, I thought, you know, Lord, what, how am I going to start this conversation? How's it going to begin? I don't want to just, you know, thumper with some Bible verses. I want to, you know, say something that can kind of open up the conversation. You know, trust the Lord for it. It's amazing. I've got on the plane this one time. The Lord just said, just ask them where they're going. And um, 
you know, where they're and what they do. And you know, when you ask somebody where they're going and what they do, they're going to ask you the same question. And if God just opened the door up, you know. And so it's pretty neat how the Lord does that and uh, gives us opportunity to share the word of God with others. Anyway, um, I trust that those verses, a few of those verses will bless your hearts and that uh, God will bless your ministry as you guys continue to reach out and uh, seek to be soul winners amongst people here in Dartmouth. I'm going to share a little update. I know that I can really... When am I supposed to be done here? Anybody? Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Well, in Papua New Guinea, that's like two hours later or something like that. Okay, so... Um, Oh, I just want to share something. I got to ask, brother, if, do you know a guy named Tim Berry? Okay. Um, you know, I just want to share this little story quickly for a second. I went to electro school, electrical school back um, when I was much younger. And uh, I went here at NSIT. And it was my second year. And I sat beside, the, we were in groups of three, and I sat beside um, two guys. And I prayed and asked the Lord if he would not help me to witness to these two guys. And I felt like the Lord was telling me to witness to the guy on my left side, but not to worry about the guy on my right side. So anyway, I thought it was kind of a strange, that was somehow my thinking. And so the guy on my left side um, was Tim Berry. And Tim was um, not saved. And so um, anyway, the teacher got talking one day about um, AIDS in Africa. It was a whole math question, and we got into AIDS. And Tim said, yeah, he says, I have a cousin there, he told the teacher. And I thought, oh, did the Lord just crack the door open? This is my chance. And uh, so anyway, um, later I asked him, I said, um, I said, so you have a cousin over in, there in Africa that's a missionary? Yes. I said, did she get some Bible training somewhere? He said, uh, yeah, she did. Uh, at a Bible school. She went to a Bible school. I know that much. I said, oh, where's the Bible school? What was it? He says, oh, it's just a little Bible school. You wouldn't know about it. I thought, well, try me. And he said, Cortha Lakes Bible School. And uh, so I said, I, I know that Bible school. And I said, do you go to some kind of a church? And he says, well, um, I, I, go to a, I used to go to a gospel hall. And I said, uh, oh, I said, well, maybe you and I can have a little chat about that later up in the library. And uh, so anyway, we got a chance to talk, and I went through salvation. I basically, when I was done, I said, why? Why? After all that the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. Anyway, Tim went home, and he, he, he got saved. And I haven't seen Tim or anything for 32, almost 33 years. And Tim was looking through the MSC, Missionary Service List, and he saw me. And he, called, he sent me an email, and he said, would you please speak at Langstaff Gospel Hall this and this Sunday? So last Sunday, I spoke there. I haven't seen Tim all these years. He's an elder, and uh, he's at Langstaff Gospel Hall. I, I'm telling you that not because Luke did anything, but I'm telling you that, that I wish that there would be more of those stories that I could tell you this morning. I don't have a whole lot. Yes, I do have some from Papua New Guinea, but I just wish there was more. And for you guys, there, whatever age you're at, there's opportunities around us. Just make yourself available. Um, the Lord will open up those doors as you pray for them. Um, so this was a quick introduction to Langstaff uh, last week. Should I be pointing this way? Or am I? Okay, so you guys, yeah, you knew us when we were little, <laughs> or much younger when we were first going to Papua New Guinea. And there it is, just uh, north of Australia. 
and that's where we went into the tribe in 98 and uh, into the tribe in 99. In 98, we came to Papua New Guinea, but um, what impressed me as I was looking at those pictures was that the Lord's kept us all going all the way over there, flying over there. Um, I'd say 60% maybe, 50, 60% of missionaries don't make their goals 